0: And sit down.
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to DNL's Unplanned Podcast, where we discuss a wide variety of subjects from marriage and the antics of our five children
0: to the paranormal and the unexplained. I'm Laura. And I'm David.
1: Strap yourselves in.
0: And get ready for the Unplanned Podcast.
1: Hi, welcome to our second episode. I'm Laura. And I'm David. And today we're going to be talking about mental health.
0: We're going to talk about um, some of our personal experiences surrounding mental health, uh, some stigmas associated with it. we're by all means no doctors or any uh, medical professional but um, maybe by sharing our story we may be able to help other people
1: there's still a lot of stigma surrounding mental health it's become a much more open topic and that's great and we want to continue that conversation Um, and we just want to share some things that have helped us some kind of coping strategies and what we like to call nature therapy is a big one so we'll be talking about that
0: Yeah, so I guess, uh, without further ado, (laughs) we'll start off with um, probably the biggest mental health episode in our family. Go for it. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So, we'll we'll just get into it. So, uh, about 12 years ago, um, me and Laura were fairly newly married. Um, I was working construction in a company up in Ogden, Utah. And they decided they wanted to automate our construction plant. We were making cement um, thing with bobs, pipes. Pipes. <laughs> 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 I blocked it out of my memory already. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. <laughs> um, but they automated the plant. And the ca- we went to lunch one day and we came back, and 60% of us were laid off on the spot. So we went to work thinking we had a job and went to lunch, came back without a job and
1: then you were terrified to tell me
0: and I was terrified to tell her um I ended up calling her dad and, <laughs> and which talk- I didn't know until recently <laughs> talking with him for a bit um but scary scary situation I mean we were at 20 20 21 something like that 20
1: nine, no oh uh, yeah something, something
0: like, like that. that anyway we had a newborn son he was not quite year. he was a year. one he was Almost one. one he was one um but scary time I mean you don't think things can change that quickly um and I like to start off with that because I mean it it ties into things that happen later on but also some insecurities I had um that kind of led to some other stuff um so anyway uh, after being laid off like I spent the week putting in applications everywhere um as one would do I'd assume um needing to get something even if it's just temporary to get something else i needed to support my family and uh, take care of my wife and my son and after 50 applications i
1: don't remember everywhere i could think of
0: it felt like i know wendy's was one wendy's was one all the fast food (laughs) joints um, but basically anything aim
1: very high back then.
0: <laughs> no. Well, coming out of high school, I mean, we didn't go to college right off. We, right. we started a family right off, which has its, its own stresses. Um, don't regret doing it. No, I've enjoyed the experiences. I just wish had. we'd had
1: more self-confidence, like more confidence in ourselves. Cause obviously we could do it. We just didn't know it yet.
0: Right. And I think everyone in that situation, being that young, doesn't necessarily have that confidence, but True. you have to develop it pretty quick. I mean, we we had a, a son. <laughs> like, we could not do it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so filled out all these applications, um, ended up being called for a few interviews. Um, but the first one that I landed was a retail job with a big box store not going to name the name um but anyway i started there um started working overnight started working overnights
1: for like half the
0: pay for like half of the pay i was <laughs> sorry i no was making in. <laughs> he forgets. she she's the brains she's the brains i'm i wouldn't say i'm the brawn i say you're the brains
1: i just have a better memory than you do
0: she has a wonderful memory that's why i married her she's good with directions and remembering the birthdays of our children but um
1: Yeah, he calls me at the pharmacy, it's fun. (laughs) Or at the doctor, or at school. Hey, it's worked so far.
0: (laughs) um, So, I get this job, and it's the first one that calls me back, and the first one that gets the interview, and the first one that hires me. So, obviously, like, in the situation I'm in, I need to make money, and I go ahead and take it, thinking, okay, temporary, you know. And I remember sitting down for the interview, and like, crapping myself, because I had, like, four interviews for this, this stupid job, and the last interview was with the store director, and he sat me down, and he's like, well, my concern is that this is going to be a temporary job, and You're I'm like,
1: like, no shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: like, yeah, that's that's pretty that's much the, the thing. Um, didn't know that ten years later I'd still be working there, but...
1: Yeah, that wasn't the plan. That
0: wasn't the plan. And definitely not doing overnights. Like, I didn't know how to feel about that. I, I, I guess at the time I'd never done it. So it was like, eh, overnights, whatever. It was you know,
1: basically out of desperation, out of fear.
0: Not basically, it was.
1: <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: But, you know, the, the situation that happened with the construction job kind of impacted the way I handled this new job. Because that fear of just not having a job i mean it sticks with you
1: like all of a sudden too it wasn't just like a
0: sudden drop of hey you know you have no income and basically the world says screw you and you're left to pick up the pieces and it's scary i mean it's scary and it, it took a toll i'm not gonna say it didn't it took a toll but definitely on my self-esteem like throughout this next job and yep um, but anyway, uh, worked through that job for, what would you say, four or five years? Yeah. Just kind of plugging away. I went from overnights to kind of evening shift to backroom, backroom supervisor, kind of things like that.
1: Well, and then we moved, so you went to Candy.
0: Yeah, we moved a couple times throughout here. I mean...
1: But you can transfer stores. It's it's easy to do.
0: Yep. Um, we both when, did it. <laughs> when you're in this, this kind of environment with a store that's basically, uh... All over the U.S. and Canada and everywhere else, you can transfer wherever you want. Basically, um, as long as they have an opening for you. But so uh, there was
1: job security, and that's what kept him there. That is
0: what kept me there. Essentially, is that job security? Like, if I did a good job, which I've always done a good job, like
1: you're like neurotic about doing a good job. Like you can't not like even <laughs> if you try it, you can't even like when you went back there for just extra money. And I'm like, you don't have to act like a manager. You're not anymore, and you still couldn't do it.
0: No. Well, I... Yeah, no. <laughs> I I have a problem with not being at my full potential. Like, taking a day to just, like, screw it. I'm just going to exist here. doesn't work for me. Nope. And I do that with everything, not just work. Like, hyper-focused. Which I... Pretty much gave to all our children, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you should be. <laughs> Situations happening today. Ah, uh, memories. But anyway, so job security. Um, kind of went through some menial manager, like department manager, supervisor jobs. Um, and kind of at that point, you think like upper management's like this big step. Like these people know what they're doing, and they, they're they're geniuses. And yeah. Like, you put them on a pedestal to did an extent. To be fair,
1: when we had kids, I thought I would achieve that level of knowledge, <laughs> and it did not happen. We're still children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't tell the children.
1: <laughs> Except for one of them listens to our podcast. Yeah. That's great. He's
0: one of our subscribers. So, we, <laughs> Brandon, we appreciate your support.
1: <laughs> <laughs> our one listener.
0: <laughs> no, we know we have more listeners out there. We love but you,
1: Brandon. We love
0: you, Brandon. don't hurt us in our sleep but (laughs) so anyway um yeah so about four or five years or so and we met this manager the store manager who's just as freaking neurotic as me
1: i would agree with that
0: probably more so um
1: i would agree with that too
0: if, if there was a wavelength like me and him were pretty on the same path there wouldn't you say yep and he liked you. And he liked me, not in that way, guys. But um, <laughs> we 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 shared the same vision, vision. But I don't I don't know. He he pushed. He pushed, and he wasn't exactly the nicest person.
1: No.
0: I mean, I don't know this guy outside of work. I'm sure he was just an angel, not. But um, <laughs> during work, I mean, you worked 150 percent. And those of you that are listening that have worked with me know exactly who I'm talking about. But at the same time, I mean, he'd he'd bend you over the table and discipline you, and like you followed a strict set of guidelines on how to do your job, and they weren't necessarily in line with the company. Um, but he got the results, and he made you get results. And and the thing is, like. God, dictatorship comes to mind. <laughs> like it, no, it was harsh. I go that far. It was freaking harsh, but at the same time, like you performed and you felt good performing.
1: Well, and he helped you. He helped yeah. you move up.
0: And he helped me move up. And like I don't like I appreciate a lot of the things he did for me. Like I I wouldn't say I dislike the guy.
1: No, I think he was good for me. He you was in awesome, way, but he also spoke to your neurosis, yeah, or whatever you got going on. <laughs> oh,
0: there's there's a whole list of things, babe. You know.
1: Yeah, I had him tested. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: been tested. Um, <laughs> honestly, I have been tested, and <laughs> eight hours of just sheer joy. Totally, totally. S- suggest anyone goes and does that.
1: Yeah, um, fun after it. way to kill an afternoon, and morning,
0: and a whole day. <laughs> Hey, but you get to know yourself better. Totally. He had me
1: try some of the tests that they did. There's, like, apps you can use. And holy crap, some of them are hard.
0: Right. So you guys know by the first episode, hopefully. If not, I'm so sorry. But we're tangent people, so. Yeah, these tests.
1: Half the reason you like podcasts is to listen to the tangents. At least me.
0: Yeah, probably. But these tests they do, like, what what was it? A site, uh. Uh, what evaluation? I don't know. It was like... Mental evaluation, psych- psychotic evaluation, well, psychosis, what whatever. It was
1: like you couldn't, you, had, you couldn't click on it if it was like a certain letter or number right, or It something. was
0: bizarre. It, like none of it had to, anything to do with what I thought it would. And then they come out and say, hey, by the way, you have this, this, and this. Go enjoy your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get some therapy.
0: <laughs> I think they said therapy probably 60, 70 times in that paperwork. But...
1: Yep, and did you do it? Nope. That's what I thought. Nope. This is your therapy.
0: <laughs> this is my therapy. So thank you guys for participating in my therapeutical. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so this dude, this guy, this 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 man of sorts, um, of sorts. I I don't know this this big box god. He <laughs> basically. I don't know, so four or five years in, big tangent, anyway, we're back. hi, how's everyone doing? but
1: hopefully still with us hopefully
0: still with us, but I was working in the produce department in this in this conglomeration of big boxness, and i was I was doing a freaking good job, and I know one of my listeners worked with me too, so hey to that person, I won't call you out, but <clears throat> anyways,. <laughs> I was working this produce department, and I was freaking slamming it, like, doing awesome.
1: To this day, it still bothers him to I go can't, to the produce department. Right. I can I have out to everything. remind him he no longer works in the produce department, probably every time we go grocery shopping.
0: There's a piece of me that still lives there. But, so I was, I was rocking it, guys. And I also started going to school. Because at this point, I was like, you know,
1: I don't want to be here forever.
0: So yeah, anyway, so this job that was supposed to be a temporary thing, we're five years in, and I'm like, well, I kind of want to do something else, you know? Frustrated with where I'm at and all the work I'm putting in, and the expectations are like incredibly high.
1: Oh, and and by the way, I worked at the same store at this point, and I was pregnant with our third child. It was great.
0: It was great. So the same manager, this this individual, he he consistently went up to my wife here, and...
1: Well, you started school.
0: I started school, and and I was doing okay.
1: He didn't like that you had focus elsewhere.
0: Yes. It was distracting from him.
1: From your... From the produce department.
0: From him. So...
1: (laughs) So he basically, because I work there too, and I mean, we don't really ha- harbor any like ill feelings. No, like, at we're all. not like, ill-feeling, harboring kind of individuals. He helped us a lot because like he helped me move up and get my supervisor position too. But he came up to me and he was like, I'm going to make your husband quit school. And I said, no, you're not. And well, and
0: I quit school. And he and- <laughs> So, I mean, it's enticing, like four years of school, college however much debt incurred doing that
1: versus working for retail for your versus I'm
0: already in retail. I'm doing an awesome job at it. And then you have someone pushing you from the other end saying the sun shines out your ass and
1: pushes you to move
0: up, pushes you to move up, which at the time I didn't think about doing like, I didn't want to be an assistant manager.
1: Yeah. So if you're hearing crashes in the background, if we can't cut that out, uh, that's because our four year old, well, he's almost four. He's not quite four. But he likes to run down the hallway <coughs> and slam into our door, so you're welcome. There's no way to get him to stop doing that. So. We can't
0: get him to stop doing <laughs> it, so you get to listen to it, too. So, anyway, um, needless to say, about six six years in, six, seven years in, I did get promoted to an assistant manager, and I did an awesome job at that, and um, worked at a... Or to the downtown store, downtown Salt Lake City, which, um, no, don't do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, High stress, high high theft, I high do have to crime, say, high everything.
1: I do have to say you had some very interesting stories coming out of that place. It does though. give you
0: interesting stories, but living through it, it's it's traumatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that
1: This is when you started to never be home.
0: Yes, so... When you are an hourly supervisor, you're tied by the hours you work. And with a company that prides itself on low costs, um, that comes out of the employees, basically. Like, you only are allowed to work a certain amount of hours.
1: Until you become salary.
0: Until you become salary. Um, But you're not allowed overtime. You're not allowed um, employees. (laughs) So, when you become salary, that changes. And that's not something you think about when you... Uh, start out you just think
1: hey now i have a quote adult job that right. has a quote salary
0: <clears throat> that you have a, a lump sum that you can say hey this is the most i've ever made like this is awesome and at the time i mean it enabled my wife to stop working yeah she could stay at home with the kids if yep. and i always left that open for her like she could always work if she wanted to but well, it allowed it her didn't to stay really home work, but <laughs> well that was the, that was the intent Um, but yeah, so that's not something you think about, like, salary, it doesn't matter if you work 40 hours, 80 hours, 100 hours a week, you still get paid that. And coming from the stores I did, you didn't really see that as an hourly, I mean, to an extent you did.
1: Yeah, but you thought that they made up for it in pay or whatever, but they really don't.
0: They don't. And so, this job... And this is where my mental health started turning. Like, I was there all the time. I was working 80 80 plus hours a week.
1: Yeah.
0: Wasn't allowed to go home. Like, and that's the problem with with a manager that's so hyper-focused on what he's doing that everyone has to do it the same way. And unfortunately, if that individual is there 24-7, you're there 24-7. And I missed out on kids growing up. I missed out on get togethers. I missed out on special things happening, developmental things with the kids. Yeah, <clears throat> like it takes a toll, and in the back of your head you're you're reasoning it saying, "Hey, like this is for them. I'm doing this for them i'm I'm making money so that we can i guess support my family and so that they don't have to worry about this, this, and that."
1: Well, and you get in this place where you kind of feel like, where else am I going to go that I can make this much money? You know, what else? Especially
0: without a degree.
1: You kind of feel stuck. And especially not knowing that there's things you can get without a degree. Right. I'm living proof.
0: Right. (laughs) But, (laughs) But like, you're, you're just tunnel vision, like. And I know I talk to a lot of people in the same situation later on in my career there. Um... Where do you go that makes the same amount of money?
1: You don't. And because it's enticing. If you, if you go to a different retailer, they require a degree.
0: Right. This, this individual retailer does not. So you can make over $100,000 a year
1: mm-hmm. without a
0: college degree.
1: Yep. I think...
0: You can make one hundred twenty to $150,000 a year without a degree. As long as you have the, the chops to back it up.
1: Yep. But you have to sell your soul...
0: Basically, it's yeah. It's not worth it. So, yeah, my soul was half in and out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the first the first time that, and I mean, he's always had a, an anxiety issue since I've known him, basically. Um, but when it really started to come to a head was when this manager that had supported him and kind of, like, taken him under his wing, uh, he got promoted and moved to a different store in a different state, even. So, then this other guy comes in, and he's kind of a jerk. And all of a sudden, he's really afraid that he's going to get fired, even though he's probably not going to get fired.
0: <laughs> well, see, the thing is, this, this guy told me every single day, I will replace you. Like, he had no problems. I mean, we, we had a meeting one day, one of the first days he was there, and he just popped in and out. Like, he wasn't even there the whole day. And basically told every one of us, look, I have a high-performing management team that's ready to come in. You either step up to the plate and be able to do what I'm asking, or you're out. Like, there's no demotion. There's no... It's just termination. And the fear starts setting in from six, seven years earlier, where it's like, well, shit. Like... I've heard of people being walked out of the store. They come in and they just get walked out and fired. So a lot of the same feelings that I had being laid off prior to that um, started creeping back in. And went on full panic attack mode. Yep. So Uh, at this point, I don't don't think we said, but I got promoted again. So I wasn't even an assistant at this point.
1: No. I got
0: promoted to a co-manager. Which is a step under the store director. Um, so, I so was...
1: they basically... Um, so, I was trying... I remember a spring break. And I was determined to be the good, fun mom. Good, fun, stay-at-home mom. So, I had to plan an activity, like, every day for spring break. And in the middle of doing all that, he calls me and he's freaking out. And I'm driving the kids. Like, I can't talk to them. So I think you ended up calling that, like, crisis line. Yeah. And that's the first time you called the crisis line, which is going to be important later. But, um, and then later that same week, uh, they called me and they're like, yeah, David's not doing well. Um, you better just come get him. And he had passed out. He had basically had a panic attack and passed out. And this happened several other times. Mm-hmm. along I mean you only I think it was only like another week and a half that you ended up so you ended up taking a leave of absence and then you tried to go back to that store and couldn't so then you got transferred and that is when we moved into our haunted house
0: yeah so anyone <laughs> <laughs> so if, you haven't are, all the-
1: if you haven't listened to our first podcast episode go back and do that yeah
0: so we're caught up with that as far as the timeline goes if you're interested <laughs> in that that's when we moved into there. A good episode, by the way. I really enjoyed making that one. Yeah, that's fun. But um, yeah. So basically, I ended up stepping down um, in order to get out of that store. And in my head, whether or not it was true or valid, I was either going to get fired or I stepped down and move. Um, and those were my only two options. And I, they're obviously not my only two options. Just with my you get-
1: very much tunnel vision i get very tunnel
0: vision when i'm anxious and it causes me to make rash decisions and um this this one i wouldn't say was rash (laughs) i tried to stick it out as long as i could
1: see but that's why you have me i keep you sane i help you make the same decisions you
0: do help me make the same decisions
1: i'm pretty sure you didn't want to transfer you were worried about it and i told you you better do it
0: I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that would have been how <laughs> it went. <laughs> um, so anyway, we move up to northern Utah, and I stepped down into an assistant position. I struggled the first week or so, because I'm so used to just being hyper-focused, and it has to be this way, and I go to a store with issues. It has, every store has dis- different issues. I mean, it's just how it is.
1: But you did well at that store. I did
0: really well at the and store, and I enjoyed it.
1: And you comfortable, and you like worked well with your team and you, you mm-hmm. made some friends
0: i wouldn't say i'd probably say i was the awkward one and probably people agreed with that but i think i did really well
1: i don't think people would agree with that i think you think you're more awkward than i think i'm are. really
0: awkward so <laughs> but um i did really well there and i got comfortable like Laura said and i got comfortable um doing what i was doing making what i was making um we were doing okay like, for a long time there, it just kind of went dormant. I, yeah. It didn't go away. It went dormant. Yeah. Like, once well, I was able to settle down, okay. When you
1: still weren't home, but not, I mean, you were home more than you were downtown. Yeah. And you were, it wasn't But a lot of pressure. it was,
0: a lot of it was me putting it on myself, though, too.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I was so used to that way of working. Like, I made myself on occasion do that because that's how the only way I felt like I was able to accomplish what I could
1: yeah so anyway so he's cruising along and then the company decides to make some changes and I mean we don't need to really go into it a whole lot but basically he decides that he's got to get a promotion or he feels like he's gonna lose his job
0: and we're getting into that same mindset again where I don't I can't lose my job and yeah. so I need to make a decision in order to maintain my job.
1: Yeah, so the this promotion was going to be in the same store. Um, it was, you know, I, we were I was kind of worried because it was the same position he was in before when he got all stressed out. but it was this different store that he'd done so well in, and we thought it was going to be okay, so he went for it. And got the job. <laughs>
0: and when go. when I got the job offer, they said, by the way, you're going to be working in this uh, this other store.
1: And it's a more like... It's I ghetto. It's not downtown, it's but ghetto. it's like a bigger... Yeah.
0: It's rough. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Like, there are people who will drive out of their way not to shop at the store.
0: Yes. And there's people that have told us, like, if you believe in that sort of thing, it's haunted. Like...
1: Like, there's something, there's something evil there. There I is. Think I've come to re- I've come to believe that, though. Yes. For sure.
0: This is true. And there'll be more episodes on the paranormal and all that stuff, because me and Laura are very interested in it. But that is not this episode. So, <laughs> I end up getting this promotion. I think it's in the store I'm at. And we celebrate. Yay! I get the promotion, and it's a different store. And it sucked. Yeah. The store was in not great condition Yep. (laughs) putting it as nice as i can and i was never home again and i didn't have the help i needed
1: and we had five kids at that point and i was going through some postpartum depression myself
0: i was calling all my old managers for help like i didn't see a way out of it and this is when it started spiraling again Yep. like worse than it ever had because i couldn't see a way out of it like the situation i was in yep I guess stuck uh, basically in quicksand is how it felt.
1: Yep. So I remember driving with all of the kids up there. It was like a half an hour away from our house too. So it was like a full hour round trip because he wouldn't remember to take his anxiety medication with him. You have a bad memory.
0: I have a very bad memory.
1: Yeah. So. Um, bad Loma. And you didn't treat me very well during this time. No. I know we've talked about that.
0: I agree. Like.
1: So there was some anger there. Yeah. But I would take... I took the kids and got gave you your... I still loved you. So, like, I took the kids and I brought you your anxiety medication so you wouldn't pass out at work like you'd done before. Um, So then we finally get to a point where, you know, I am just burnt out. And I end up having a really bad headache. Like, I'm in tears. I can't, like, function. I'm trying to take care of all these kids. So I tell David he's got to come home and take care of me and take me to the ER because I can't function anymore with this headache. And so he had to leave work, which is part of the issue. Well... Well, and you felt like it was your fault that I had this headache.
0: Yeah. So I had all this stuff piling on me at work. And then I needed to go home and take care of my wife, which takes all priority. Um and i felt like i was causing that problem with my wife.
1: I mean, you definitely Probably was. contributed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I didn't want you to feel that way. Oh, I knew right. you're just trying to take care of us.
0: Come home, you ass.
1: <laughs>
0: take care of me. Yeah, um, so
1: that I mean, so the next day he you know, he's exhausted. He's been taking care of me and the kids. He's been working like crazy hours and he's just exhausted okay so the next morning they call him and they're like well we need you to come in early and so he says yes because he feels guilty for leaving work the day before and i was mad i was like you need to stay home and sleep a couple extra hours and take care of yourself and he didn't feel like he could do it nope so we kind of got into a fight yep yep and I didn't win, so I got the kids getting ready for school, and I took our daughter, and, because she always wanted to go with me, and we went and got an energy drink, because I knew he was tired and he could use one. And then I come back, and I go to give it to him, and he is on the phone with this crisis line. I don't think you, you said you don't remember a lot of this.
0: I really, this is where things start tailing off for me. And I know you don't believe it, but it does. I do
1: believe it. That's okay.
0: That's my crazy talking, I'm sorry. Yeah. And while we're at it, this wine does not taste like cupcakes. It's disgusting. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I, I stopped drinking it after the first sip. <laughs>
0: Black velvet, my ass. I'll stick with my
1: Stella Rosa. But okay. Anyways, so he's on the phone with the crisis line and he's just sobbing and like, I don't know, if I just it just hit me like, he can't go to work, I gotta take him to the ER, like he's not he's not going to pull through this. He needs help now. Like we can't keep doing this kind of a thing. So I get the, and
0: me being the stubborn person I am was pushing back.
1: Yeah. So he's on the phone. So I felt like he was, he was okay for a moment because he was still on the phone with this person talking through it. And I know they kind of helped him before. Um, and so I got the, the older kids out the door for school. Um, and I, really tried to not let them know what was going on. I guess when Brandon listens to this later, he'll have to tell me or whatever if he knew, but I got the older kids out the door to school. And then I called my mom and I was like, I need you to take the younger kids because I got to take David to the ER. Um, and so she did and we dropped him off at her school. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Cause so anyway, so I get the kids ready and then I go upstairs Right as he gets off the phone, with the crisis worker, and he just he's just sobbing and he's just like I can't keep I can't do this anymore, and you know like it just it was really bad, like I don't even know how to describe it the feeling, but I just felt like it was really bad, and I knew you needed help.
0: Drowning was what it felt like.
1: Yeah. I'm saying like. Yeah. For me, because I like. I mean you didn't outright say you were in trouble,
0: right? Well, I'm gonna insert this right here. So, uh, trigger warning <laughs> for going forward here. Um, anyone who's uh, had to deal with heavy mental illness, with suicide, um, just just trigger warning. So, yeah, going forward here. <clears throat> yeah.
1: So, I seem to have a talent for knowing when people need help, I guess, because it's happened several times afterwards or maybe I just recognize it now. I don't know.
0: You got a sensitivity to it.
1: But so he was still going to get ready and go to work and I was like, "No, you're not. I'm taking you to the ER." And it, you know, it got to the point where I was like and he was just a wreck. Like he was completely a wreck. And he was like shaking and crying. And it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, you can either come with me to the ER. I had to get tough. Yeah, and tough. Yeah. And you don't like that, but I, I don't. Um, sometimes it needs to happen. Yes. So I said, you either come <laughs> to the ER with me, or I can call an officer to come take you to the ER. <clears throat> Which he- is
0: a whole nother set of stresses and worries, so out so of the two. So he made the right choice to come <laughs> with me.
1: And he left... So we left the house and I mean, you're better now, but at the time, like you literally would not leave the house, like, unless you felt like you looked a certain way, like you would never go out in your pajamas. And that day you, you left in your pajamas Mm -hmm. and I, you know, that was another sign to me that it was, it was pretty bad. Right. So, so I take him to the hospital and, and they ask him all the questions, um, you know, And that's when he finally admitted that he had a plan to drive the car off the road and attempt to commit suicide on his way to work that morning. So, I'm glad I didn't let you go to work. I'm glad you didn't let me go to work. So, you know, they do the whole, oh, let's make a safety plan, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like...
0: And, And to be, like, I wasn't in my right mind, like... This all sounds crazy to me right now, like I want I need people to understand that like when you're in that mentality
1: it's like, not at, rational
0: it's not rational, like at the time we had what four kids
1: we had five we had we all, had five, all kids. five kids
0: we had all five kids at this point. I was married, I love my wife, I love my kids, like
1: it's not rational it's
0: not rational, so just looking at someone at face value, you can't necessarily see what's going behind closed doors,
1: yeah. Well, and, like, I got pretty bad with my postpartum depression a couple of times, too. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I don't understand how it's, like, not rational. Yeah. And then later you're like, well, why did I even think that way? Right. It doesn't make sense.
0: I just think it's hard for people to understand, necessarily, like, why would someone go through that? Why would they even consider that? And it's not even a thought at that point. Like, when you get down that low. Yeah. It's more instinctual. I guess you could say. Seems like the
1: only way out.
0: Yeah. And especially when you, like I said, prior to this, tunnel vision. Like, you look at choices and possible outcomes. And that's, at the time, that is the only way to get these feelings to just stop.
1: Well, and, like, even after you got out of the hospital, you couldn't see, like, ahead of you. We'll get to that later, but... Yeah, so they were going to make a safety plan, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, and then they were going to let him go, and I was like, well, I don't really trust him to keep to the safety plan, because I've tried to get him treated for mental health for a long time, and he fights me every step of the way, or he, he did before this.
0: And that's when I met my friend Hans.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know (laughs) what his name was. was. So they're like, okay. So they go and talk to this. They, You know, I was like, I don't trust him to keep to a safety plan. I don't trust him to get the help that he needs. You know? And so they're like, okay. So they went and talked to the psychiatrist upstairs. And at that point, they were like, okay, well, we're going to admit him. And they told me at that point it wasn't voluntary. Like, they were very concerned. They they said it was involuntary. I don't Mm -hmm. think you even realize that. I don't. (laughs) So, yeah. So... Then they're like, okay, well, we're going to take him up, and you can go with him, and they're going to, you know, basically give you a little orientation, and tell you what to do, and what he can have, and blah, 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 blah. So then Hans comes, no, I don't know, <laughs> it's this guy, this security guard comes, Guy security guard comes, and he's, I mean, he's got a German accent, I guess I don't want to assume he's German, but, you know, German right. accent, and David's half German, so I can say this. So... <laughs> 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 And he's like, "No, you can't go." And I was like, "WTF?" They told me I could go, and so they just—he just wheels him off. And I'm like, "Okay, well, now what do I do?" So I had to go hunt down the first guy. Like, I'm just totally like—they just left me. Like, they didn't tell me what was going on or anything at that point. They're like, "Oh, they'll take you upstairs and they'll talk to you and they'll let you know what to bring in." And all. See, of- and I'm
0: expecting the same thing to happen. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just being wheeled off into a dark corner of the hospital. <laughs>
1: like, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, so I was pissed. I was so mad at that point. Honestly, though, being mad, like, that whole day was probably what got me through it. Because I was pissed off that you wouldn't listen to me and take care of yourself. <laughs> and I was pissed off that this guy took... They told me I could come with you. Anyway. Pissed
0: off I went on vacation. No. <laughs> you didn't go on vacation. <laughs> No, definitely not. (laughs) I tease him about that, though. Um.
1: Yeah, so he was hospitalized for five days. And then you came home. And then the healing began. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. We might get into the hospitalization in another episode, but... that's not important That's a long story.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But
0: long. So anyway, after how many days? Five days. About five days. Um... It was our oldest son's birthday, and so Memorial Weekend, was that when it was? Yep. Yeah, so no, we'll put none of the doctors were in, like, over the whole weekend. And so in order to let you go, you need to sit down with these medical professionals that aren't there. They're having yeah. a barbecue somewhere. And convince them, basically, that you're okay enough to go. Or the other option is to get a court order to let you out, and that wasn't happening.
1: And I mean, you had to convince me too. I wasn't going to let you out. Right,
0: right. (laughs) I'd have nowhere to go if I hadn't convinced her. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it was my son's birthday, and I worked really hard in this this five days at this crazy hole, and I was able to go home. So
1: yeah, fun stuff. One of the things that we found out while he was there, because, you know, they do blood work and everything, is that, I mean, they gave us all kinds of, of things to do, but, um, one of the things is that he was really low on vitamin D, which studies have shown can contribute to, um, mental health issues. So, you know, I, he, he doesn't like to take pills. I fought him to take pills. I mean, you're not bad now, but at the time, it was like no, impossible. No, I'm not
0: great. I'm not perfect. So but I was I'm like, better.
1: "We got to get you out in the sun."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we started going outside. Yes, and which you- was
0: a struggle for me.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Because I think at the time, like I spent so much time out of the house. All I wanted to do was just be home. Yeah. And
1: you never wanted to do anything with us. That was. Like, I was always stuck in the house and wanted to leave, and you always wanted to stay Because I was always
0: gone, so, like, why would I want to be gone more? Like, just, that's kind of how I reasoned it. Like, yeah. and that's a hard one to break. Yeah, Because I used to be is. an outdoorsy person. Not
1: but. anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm better. You're I'm better, better now.
0: I have my days.
1: Yeah, so I made him go out in the, in the sun, and he's, you know, he's on this leave of absence from work, and... We found that that was really calming.
0: It was. And I thank you for that. Because I know it wasn't easy, but there was a good year there where you let me go out every weekend. Yeah. I mean, it took some time to trust me to go by myself.
1: Yeah, I didn't let him drive for a long time because I was worried.
0: Which you had every right to be.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, she took the kids and allowed me to do that which definitely helped.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was like medication to him. So, I think I got got it back up though, like when we when you started fishing, it was actually because of my mental health cuz That's true. You would actually so after the hospitalization, I to, I I basically told him I'm like you can't keep doing this and I mean, I didn't really make him quit, <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, yeah, you can't keep doing this. So I went back to work, um, which was really scary. I made a lot less money than he did, and he started staying home with the kids.
0: Which was really scary, because they're demons.
1: <laughs> Don't I know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was really scary. And, you know, I'm in this company that basically drove my husband insane, because that's where I got a job first at, um...
0: So we're just repeating that cycle over.
1: Yeah. So I was really stressed out and kind of depressed and just not handling it well one of these one day. And David remembered that I uh, used to go fishing with my grandpa and that was something I enjoyed to do. And so he took me fishing and he even took me fishing in the same area where my grandpa used to take me fishing. So I kind of called in sick to work. Don't tell my old boss. Just <laughs> oh, screw him. Right. Right. Um, and we went fishing instead of going to work. And that's kind of, and you, I mean, we had a really good time. We and did. And you got kind of like, it was one of your, like, hyper-focus obsession things.
0: For a long time.
1: And the kids all got into it, like. It's funny, like, he'll jump on something, and then the kids will jump on something, and I'm just like, whoa, hold on, I can't obsess like this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, obsession away! It's
1: probably how you feel about my binge-watching my TV shows that I've already watched, that I like to watch, and you're like, no, hold on, I gotta do something different.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a binger, I don't understand that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right now I'm re-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: And I'm still with you, what, we're in season three, four? We just
1: finished season three.
0: Hey, I made it through season three.
1: No, you didn't. You Last night you didn't watch it all. You were playing with the kids, which I don't care. Oh, I'm, I'm just, sorry. <laughs> didn't I just say I don't care? Anyway, so it was cute when you were playing with the kids. They had a good time with you. Well, thank you. Yeah. I try. Yeah, so we started going outside, and so David took me fishing, and then it was like, they literally went fishing, I think, every day that week. The kids and David did well, I was at work, really, and then fun. pretty
0: much every weekend for the next year and a half,
1: yeah, and he would <laughs> it was, it got to the point where it was, it was almost like medication to him, like if he didn't go, if he didn't get that time on the weekend, like he would be super grouchy and irritable and like not pleasant to live with,
0: <laughs> yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Oh. But yeah, got a kayak and it was fun. Like, I highly recommend getting outdoors. Like...
1: Yep, and that's kind of how we got into like rocks and crystals because one of the things when I got my new job, um, I would sit out by a creek in by the building on my breaks and it was just like super relaxing and I worked in like a really high-paced environment
0: She got out of big box retail, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was never the plan. It was never the plan to stay, (laughs) but because I didn't have screwed up (laughs) mentalities about oh, I I don't want to leave my job because what if I don't? Anyway, I Um, looked for a new job, which was another point of contention because that freaked you out. That
0: did freak me out.
1: And now look. We're better off I for
0: I am very proud of you. And I look up to you for that. Like, Thank you. That was a big move and a big decision. And I wouldn't have made it.
1: No, you wouldn't have. And you were trying to get me not to. And I said, too bad. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, worked out for the best. Yes. I'm still at this, I'm still at this job.
0: Hey, and I went back to school. So, screw you, manager.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think you've had too much wine at this Probably. point. Probably. A little bit. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, so that's like one feet. of the things. <laughs> and yet you keep drinking it.
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, um, Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely at this point now, like, it's, it's very hard. Once you've been going at it for such a long time to steer directions out. And it helps to have that other person that sees things in a different light. That's me. That's you. Um, but if someone doesn't have that person, a friend, a family member, something. Um, yeah. Takes a second to listen. Like, and if you're at the point like I was where listening is not an option. Sometimes um, you have to be told. You have to be told. And dominated. Um <laughs> wow i'm kidding but um no but serious like i don't i think and this kind of goes back to that mental health stigma and definitely i saw it a lot in retail where if you had any signs of mental illness or mental weakness or anything they'd come after you and get rid of you like it's all about the bottom line and i'm i'm ass- I'm assuming this goes across the board to other businesses as well but like it's still a major part in society right now. Like it's gotten better. It's definitely yeah. gotten better, even in the last couple of years. I it's gotten a lot better. People talk higher. about
1: it more, and they're more comfortable with it. But I still don't think people know what to do necessarily, and I don't blame anyone because it's hard. But
0: and they don't, and no one. I mean, there's no. I mean, they touch on it in school.
1: <sighs> they did a bad job of touching on it.
0: They touched on it. They didn't. They didn't. There wasn't. There was a couple videos. There was, a, well, there was the, a lesson. Things have
1: changed since then, too. Because they used to tell you, like, if you talked about suicide, then you're going to make someone give the idea to someone or whatever. And now that's, they know right. that's not the case.
0: And what I can say to people is the person themselves, I mean, rarely are they going to get themselves out of it. Yeah. Would that be a fair assumption? I
1: don't know. I got myself out of it because you were at work.
0: I'm sorry. I said rarely. You're a strong woman. Don't hurt me. (laughs) But, um... But, um... But, um... But, um... I feel
1: like that drinking game from How I Met Your Mother. I know, right? (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) But... Not, um... I don't know. It, it. If you suspect it, like... Just ask. Just ask. That person's not gonna be like, Oh, shit. I better just do it. Like a lot of times
1: being blunt is the best being option. being
0: blunt's the best option because i mean in the situation i was i mean nobody cared or at least that was
1: uh well and that's how you feel like you feel like nobody that's how i felt too i had i had all these kids that loved the crap out of me and i you mm-hmm. that love the crap out of me you know uh, we have family and friends that all care and like i know that when i'm not crazy but when i get into a deep depression i don't feel like anybody cares about me
0: yeah and just that one person reaching out can make the biggest difference
1: yeah for sure
0: forcing you to go to the hospital and
1: deal with your problems
0: deal with my problems in another episode (laughs) but thank you hans yeah
1: yeah so the, for David, a lot of it's, he likes to craft with like a lot of coping mechanisms for him. And that's kind of just, you just got to find, find mm-hmm. what helps you. Right. Um, it's like,
0: it's like today, like, I, I'm not going to say I didn't go on a rampage this morning. <laughs> I may or may not have. <laughs> but what did you find me out there doing? I was making jewelry. you know
1: and then i saged you and it got better oh my (laughs) right she she
0: saged my evil ass but um (laughs) no but just taking a second to get out of that mindset and just doing something that relaxes you that helps you out yeah like it was fishing right now it's jewelry i I get relaxed by just focusing on something yep hyper focusing on things
1: yeah he gets obsessed like he's like goes from one thing to the other but that's like another episode like we could talk about that forever Mm -hmm. but so yeah that for him that's what kind of helps him but for me it's like because i told you there was a lot of anger and i don't think i've even told david this yet but there was a lot of anger and i was mad like but it wasn't like necessarily his fault it just was a crappy situation
0: see and i understand that like yeah. I was mad at myself, too, for a long time. Yeah. Because it's almost like, you yeah, two different people. didn't
1: want to be with you.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that was never an option for me.
1: Well, I mean, it was an option for me, but I just didn't want to. I, just <laughs> didn't, I, I don't know. I think some people feel like, well, why don't you just leave him? Well, because I didn't want to. Right. So, anyways, so, so I got stuck in the snow in the car. And I just blasted the music and sang at the top of my lungs. And I was just like super stressed out because I was going to be late to work because of the snowstorm. It it took me two hours to get to work. And I just screamed my lungs out to some Linkin Park and stuff. And I just got all my anger out. And I haven't been angry since. Good.
0: Except when she beats me. I don't beat you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. She
1: doesn't. She should, but she doesn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) nobody should
1: beat their spouse okay let's just get that clear right now
0: unless he deserves it just kidding i'm kidding i don't condone that
1: but (laughs) yeah so listening to music going outside like sometimes when i'd feel myself losing my shit with the kids when i'd have when i was going through some of my own stuff i would just up and leave the house i'd be like let's go to the park Even just running an errand real quick. Just getting out, you know, getting into a new energy, I guess. Helped me pull out of it. Getting into public where I can't have to behave. (laughs) (laughs) Some people don't necessarily (laughs) agree
0: with that. (laughs) Us normal folk.
1: I care way too much about what people think of me, and I need... I should stop. so
0: do I. I think everyone does to an extent, but... I don't know. I think the biggest takeaway is just... If you feel something's wrong, act on it.
1: And just ask, because no one's going to, like... I mean, the worst case that, what, they're offended that you thought they were suicidal? Like, it's better than them being dead.
0: Right. And, like, at the, at this point... Well, not at this point. Well, okay. So, like, at the point back when this was all going on, like... I didn't see where I'd be right now. Like, we are in such a better position. We're in such a better place. And it's been a struggle, like, the whole time. We've had to rebuild.
1: And I've had to fight you on it.
0: You've had to fight me on it, but we've had to rebuild our relationship to an extent. Um, I've had to get to know my kids. Yep. You know. But and I think they like you. I think so, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but... It <clears throat> doesn't definitely... mean that
1: we both don't still struggle.
0: Right. But the point being, like... I would have never saw myself being this happy at that point in time. Yep. So had Laura not acted on her feelings, I wouldn't be here. And I thank her for that.
1: You're welcome. (laughs) That's awkward. I never know. You know. And I I wouldn't I'm uncomfortable with praise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I wouldn't have told her that at the time. Like I, I still fought her at the time. Like it's a healing process and it takes a long time
1: yep I oh i wouldn't i don't know 1st we're, we're, we're probably still
0: it. we still got stuff like we've learned more about each other the last few years and i think yep we had the first entire 10 years of our marriage
1: well and switching roles kind of helps you because now does. you're the stay-at-home parent i mean you go to school, Going to school. but and i work so it's just kind of funny switching roles you kind of understand each other a little bit better
0: for sure, like, like, I don't, He always it's not necessarily an option for everyone, but, like, it, it's definitely an eye-opener.
1: Yeah, there's definitely things that he would get, he would get annoyed with me, like, if I was tired of being, like, climbed on at the end of the day with kids and stuff, I don't mean you, well, okay, maybe, <laughs> I'm just kidding, uh, <laughs> like, just the kids piling on top of me all day, and then he'd get home, and I would just want him to take the kids off of me, and he would be like... I don't know, like, you don't care about him, or, I don't know, you just, you kind of, were kind of rude. I'm sorry. Mommy doesn't want you. You said that to the kids a couple times. I'm sorry. That made me I,
0: I, uh, I'm, I'm sure it did. <laughs> like, and from my standpoint right now, like, that was a different person. Like, it's almost like two separate people. And he still creeps in every once in a while.
1: It's Jekyll and Hyde.
0: It's, she does call me Jekyll and Hyde sometimes. <laughs> but I'm definitely better than I was.
1: I would agree with that, for sure.
0: And I've worked really hard to get to the point I'm at. Yes, you have. And I'm not done working. I'll probably work until the day I die.
1: But we all have to do that. Right. I think at some point, every single person, whether they admit it or not, will go through some kind of mental health crisis.
0: Probably. I would assume so.
1: Whether you admit it or not.
0: And I think we need to just move past that stigma and be open about it be open to the fact that you're having a problem that you're having an issue before it gets to the point where people make these decisions and then on the flip side be okay telling someone that you're there for them be okay telling someone hey this is what I'm noticing are you okay and
1: and they may tell you that they're okay and they're not and so you gotta keep, just keep doing, doing it <laughs>
0: <I'm just kidding. laughs> you gotta keep doing it and it, and it David's
1: favorite thing to tell me when he's not okay is, "Oh, I'm just tired." Yeah. Bull crap, you're just tired. <laughs> well, I am.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a good stopping point. Probably. Um. Yeah just to just to close it out. Um. There are many a mental health line out there. Yep. So if anyone's struggling with anything. Um, anything you just need someone to talk to um be it suicidal tendencies be it stress be it lgbt be it anything anything there's a support group there's someone well, out there that can listen to you
1: and the other thing too is like realize that a crisis line like you can call if you know you just need to talk like it's not necessarily like oh i'm going to kill myself right now like you can you can call and they'll talk to you mhm There's other, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of places out there that you can do that. So get out your Google.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I lucked out and I had a company that worked with uh, my employer and I had that card in my wallet for years and years and years. Um, Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But it was there when I needed it. So just talk to someone about it. Things get better. For sure. I'm a testament to that. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah. So yeah. All
1: right. Well, um,
0: if you like this episode, um, like our previous episode, you subscribe. can subscribe. Subscribe, definitely subscribe. Helps us out. Helps uh, keep us motivated to keep going. Um, <clears throat> there we are on Facebook um, at DNL Unplanned Podcast, I believe.
1: You're the one that set it up. I know I set it up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we're also so
1: I took a Facebook hiatus. <laughs> I know y'all are
0: listening to wherever you're listening from, but we're all, we are available on. Pretty much every podcasting site, except Apple. Apple can screw themselves right now.
1: Apple sucks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get on there, Apple listeners, but just bear with us. Um, And we're on YouTube, so please share, um, subscribe, and leave us some comments. Um, Tell us what you think, what you possibly want for future episodes. I mean, um, we enjoy the criticism. No, I don't think anyone enjoys it. (laughs) I (laughs) don't. But uh, definitely, feedback, we love it. Um, So, shout out. And, yeah, with that, you guys have a good day. Good
1: night. Talk to you next week. Good afternoon,
0: whenever you're listening to this, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.